Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay. okay, okay, hold on. Let's get into Let's it. Let's do Welcome an introduction. Back. Welcome back to the Creep Dive. This is the podcast where we do all the research on those stories that you don't really fully investigate and you just like reading the headlines for. Not me, though. I'll just deliver a headline and <laughs> you guys can go off and do the research. <laughs> or it's after. like it's the follow up. It's all the creepy internet stuff that you don't have the time to research, but we surprisingly do. <laughs> Strange, isn't mm, it? It's Odd. the Wikipedia deep dive that you have way more valuable things to do with your time to engage with. I mean, this really just is a, 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 an altruistic experience for us to just go away to and give do back. all that deep, just to deep give research. Yeah. Uh, that's Cassie Delaney. That's me. Should we introduce ourselves? I'm Jen O-D-W-Y-E-R Dwyer. <laughs> Why did I even say it? That's so fucking weird, isn't it? It's because people, um, when you ask online, do people ask you how you spell your second name? No? Yours do. is White, so no. 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 Cassandra Lorraine, what's I'm your Sophie second White. name? Delaney. No, I don't. Nobody even cares. Fuck's sake. Do okay, Jen O'Dwyer, sorry, that was weird. D-W-Y-E-R <laughs> Dwyer. <laughs> Dwyer. <laughs> I should you? just be on the fucking creep type. You should be researching my shit weird life and then delivering it back inaccurately. Imagine we did that, that to you one week. That would be such a fun pet project really, one week. A really <laughs> fucked up episode of This Is Your Life. <laughs> you know so I know You know so some much. dark shit. That is a thesis I wouldn't need to research in any way. So um, uh, hopefully you got the gist of it there in that ramble. <laughs> and this is who we are. <laughs> Okay, so this week, Sophie is going to tell us her long story and we've got some short ones to to ease us in. And I Do you have a short one, Cass? I have a short one and I have actually quite a topical short one because Ah. I was watching Fantastic Beasts somewhere to find them last night. Um, And obviously that is... Wait now, is that a... That's fiction. Harry Potter? That is like a follow-up to Harry Potter. Okay, and so the How new many film... follow-ups to Harry Potter have we so got now? So there's the new one that's coming out. I watched the 2016 great film, very enjoyable. Um, but I was looking at some fictitious stories that were reported as truth, and I got me to the the death of Alan Rickman, and a quote that emerged. He's not dead. Oh, <gasps> is he? 
Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah, he sorry, is he dead. is dead. Yeah. He has been but dead. I thought you were about to tell us that. Is he not dead? He's, he's actually, no, this is this is, this is is bordering slander. Okay. Um, well, but remember, he's after, dead. Yeah, he is dead, but like, <laughs> you, can still, he, you can still defame his memory. How anyway. Is it defamatory? Okay. okay. Jen, back on track, right? Remember after, well, you obviously don't remember, but remember when Alan Rickman died? I remember it well, Sophie. funny. Do you, everyone knows where they were when Alan Rickman died. <laughs> a quote, a quote was shared. So Alan Rickman played Snape in the franchise and... Wait was, now, was that not... Um, oh, Jesus, sorry. Jen. Okay, not to worry, carry on. <laughs> Wait now, that wasn't Alan I'm thinking of Voldemort. C-K-M-A-N. Okay, back on track. Alan Rickman, also the prick in um, whatever. Low actually. Low actually, right? Well, that's slander. (laughs) Yeah. Straight away. Alan, P R I C K. Okay, so who's going to. When he died, a quote emerged that was shared amongst Twitter and everywhere of a black and white picture of Alan Rickman's face and a quote that says, When I'm 80 years old and sitting in my rocking chair, I'll be reading Harry Potter. And my family will say to me, After all this time, and I will say, always which became the most widely shared quote kind of memorabilia That's quote nice, of no? Alan Rickman because Aww. his character is Snape the most I suppose one of the most uh, prolific lines in Harry Potter and the whole thing is when Snape says always to Dumbledore and reveals that he has always loved Lily Potter and that he is actually a good guy it's he's his actually Harry Potter's dad no no it, no, no, no joking but yes but he was actually always, was on, always, Harry Potter, nice uh, always on Harry's side right um, so Aww. this is a beautiful quote and everyone was sharing it thinking it was stunning and it was uh, you know it was Alan Rickman was great big massive Harry Potter fan <laughs> turns out not only did he not say it he's never actually read the Harry <laughs> what Potter the fuck? books who wrote it what genius wrote so, that the origin of the quote actually came from um, a movie web contest to win Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 prizes, right? From 2011. And to enter the competition, commenters had to uh, leave a comment explaining why they felt they deserved the prizes. So a commenter named Tiffany, this is according to the Business Insider, and this has been validated across multiple broadsheets. Um, the commenter named Tiffany left a comment saying, I've grown up reading Harry Potter. Each and every character has taught me how to be a better person. Whenever I'm feeling upset, I always reread a Harry Potter book. And no matter how bad things get, I'll always have the Harry Potter books to get completely absorbed in and just forget about my worries. Watching the last Harry Potter movie at the midnight premiere, I started breaking down in sobs at the Warner Brothers logo at the beginning. I couldn't help but thinking that this movie was basically the end of Harry Potter from that day on. I wouldn't have anything to look forward to. I know it's not true. I'll always have my worn out books to reread ever over and over again. I'll always marathon the Harry Potter movies every weekend. I still have fan fiction to read, a very Potter musical and the sequel to watch and rock to rock out to. Because as long as there's still one person that believes in the magic of Harry Potter, this legendary book series will never die. I plan on sharing the series with my children and grandchildren. When I'm 80 years old and sitting in my rocking chair, I'll be reading Harry Potter and my family will say to me after all this time, and I will say always. Always. So the famous Alan Rickman quote is actually from a... Really, really super fan, really called, devoted fan called Tiffany, who was trying to win some prizes on the internet. Imagine seeing that spiraling out of control. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> me like, oh shit, no, oh shit, no, wait, heat, fuck, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, in when the when the fifth film came out, L.A. Times interviewed Michael Gambon 
and he revealed that he has not read any of the books and neither had Ralph Fiennes or Alan Rickman. So there you have it. Wow. I like the way you pronounce Michael Gambon's name. Like Gambon from Ash. Gambon, Jambon. <laughs> um, brilliant. I could not picture Alan Rickman in a rocking chair reading <laughs> Harry Potter. But well, you can't now because he's dead. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Is it okay? That was... Um, Jeez, Tiffany seems like a special kind of gal. A super fan. The one remaining super fan. And I love how she's, she's still a she's fan. She's still got fan fiction. still alive. As part of her plan B. And fan fiction and a musical. is not known for being excellent. Well, apparently there is even a huge, good. huge community of yeah. Harry Potter fan fiction that apparently gets quite erotic. Yeah, there's tons of it. Have you never looked at it? Um, actually, there was the most amazing Twitter thread a while ago. Does anyone ever remember this? No. It did go viral, and it was when you replace the word wand in with Harry Potter wanger. with wang or yeah, yeah. yeah it was was, like, we don't yeah. need to just like read it with this in your mind, and suddenly it's it an immediately erotic. becomes yeah. an erotic novel. Was- just a wave of like a a wave of boners runs through the that was exactly magic was everywhere I mean, my yeah. patronus exactly <laughs> my patronus. yeah the size of his wand and all that carry on uh, that was even the itself. twitter thread i was thinking of or the fan fiction i was thinking speaking of. of twitter threads okay yeah are you, you ready for you mine go. thank you cassie that was brilliant you are welcome uh so my twitter thread from reddit Again, I don't know whether you guys might have come across this. I remember reading it alone in my bedroom and thinking, this is fucking amazing. And I'm going to read it here today. And no doubt it won't be. But I feel like it might. Here it is. Got my days wrong and ended up alone in a room with my boss and the president of Ireland while I was on ketamine. Yes. Okay. Have you read this? Yes. Have you? Yes, I remember this story. This is only like last year. I'm just going to read it out because it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Got my days wrong. There's the first tweet. So, right. This is when I was 18 or so. Don't judge me too harshly. Uh, Or if you think drugs are cool and I'm a legend, fill your boots. Anyway, at the time, I was working through college in Dublin with bar shifts at some music venue. Uh, One day, I get a call on my day off. Uh, The way the gig worked, you either get a Friday or a Saturday off. This week, it was a Friday. Happy days. My manager, let's call her Dimpna. Interesting. (laughs) Also difficult to say. Or Dimpna. Dimpna. Pipes up on the phone. So when you come in this evening, just a few things to remember. And I'm like, hold on, dimps. I'm off this evening. Jog on. <laughs> so she corrects me. And I'm off my balls. Exactly. Remember I said you'd get all the Saturdays off if you just worked two hours tonight. And then, of course, of course I did. He remembered. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So she could have told me I was to have my foreskin tattooed with a harpoon. And I would have given her a smile and a thumbs up and a flurry of yeps. <laughs> To get out of the place. I was 18 on minimum wage. And bear in mind, this is really saying something. My absolute minimum effort. Does that make any sense? Well, I suppose he's saying that his effort's always pretty minimum. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> I'm bang. He is a Twitter author. So I'm bang. Actually, though, into I know rights. a bit of backstory about this guy. And, and he I does said, have a book coming out. Does he? Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, his name is Seamus. It ever was. Shame as it ever was. Like oh, saying yes. as it ever was. Fucking hell! <laughs> Sorry, guys. Is the guy who writes. He, he, yeah, he writes, writes for the, the Irish articles. Yeah, yeah. I met him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had an interview Q and A with him. Okay, well, anyway, save that. Po- let me just badly read this. So. <laughs> I'm bang to rights and I say, yeah, of course. Sorry, just got my days mixed up. I'll be there, no problem. And she said, this evening will be fine. Just head of wherever he works and some VIPs 
a few hours and then you can take off. All good, except for one thing. At that very moment, I was in a mate's house on Dane Street relaxing with, I thought, nothing to do for the evening. Uh, now, you have to remember that before dabbling in Fortnite, kids used to use drugs to get high. And I was occasionally adjacent to them. So I was a fairly sheltered kid before college. I didn't even drink until I went well into my teens. Never smoked uh, very green. So, so too, coincidentally, was the homebrew ketamine that said... <laughs> That said, Pat was making in his oven when I arrived. <laughs> that so, is so, that's like real ambitious. So next tweet. My pal had gotten it in a liquid form. <laughs> For some reason, it had been dyed green. He subsequently told me he thought it was uh, St. Patrick's Day promotion. <laughs> uh, I've also thought... Uh, thought it a charming entrepreneurial flourish on the part of an enterprising ketamine wholesaler. So uh, the <laughs> ketamine an artisanal ketamine producer. Exactly. Ketamine <laughs> wholesalers ketamine. are often vets, <laughs> and the stuff originally for cats. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that. So originally, ketamine is for cats. I thought it was a horse tranquilizer. People oh, here, he says, people always now. say horse tranquilizer either to make it sound ah. more sordid or badass. But ketamine is used on many animals, <laughs> and vets have Guilty more use for cat tranquilizers than horses uh, not quite as sexy is it your face Sophie you can shove that up your far and by shame as it ever was so anyway greatest twitter handle ever anyway for want of a better idea I took him up on his offer uh, of a line of this thick vaguely slightly clumpy gri- <laughs> bright green powder knowing I had nothing else to do for the evening Julie. and felt nothing uh, I had a tiny bump a further 10 minute in further 10 minutes later uh, and it was at this point that my phone rang. Flashback ends. We're back in the room. So I'm definitely sweating after the call. Not like instant come up. More worried about the come up. Uh, never done this in my life. I've no idea how it's going to feel. But absent <laughs> any other idea, I get my stuff together and head for fucking work. So on my way to work, it starts kicking in. You know when the roof of your mouth starts politely folding your brain in half. And your chest flutters like a cathedral filled with bees. I was holding it together, but knew if I stopped concentrating for one second, I would become time itself. <laughs> have you ever been too high? Oh yes. If you've yet, have, have you ever been that kind of high, and it's literally like you, you've lost <laughs> it's everything. It's unmanageable. Yeah, things it's, have become unmanageable. Correct. But now you gotta go to work. So genius. So by the time I reach work. 20 minutes late. I'm sweating like a microwaved bread. Brilliant. <laughs> Eyes on hinges, convinced my fingernails would owe me money. <laughs> I have an overwhelming urge to yawn uh, <laughs> just to get the memories out. <laughs> when in comes Dimfna with the rota for the evening. Dimna says, thanks again. I know it's short. Oh, you look a bit hot and bothered. Did you run here? Ha ha ha. Me. Hmm, I did. The did it is. Literally written that. Dimpna. Okay, uh, just you tonight and the top man, whatever that means. He's showing the president what's going on for the next while. Me. Sir. Did you say the president? Dimpna. Yes, Mary McAleese is in to see the season's program of events. Me. Dimpna. All you need to do is stand in the corner, offer them drinks every 15 minutes. Me. Ah, okay, yes. Uh, Dimna, maybe have a wash beforehand. Uh, So the gig is Mary McAleese, the original MMA, 
uh, was going around <laughs> this room upstairs, which had upcoming acts for the season illustrated with photographs and program notes. The director of Redacted uh, would walk her around and say, freaking great, Madge, in it. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, my role is pretty weird. I have to stand in the corner, then every 15 minutes interrupt this live wire pair to offer them <laughs> drinks, which protocol dictates they must refuse. I have barely processed any of this before I'm grabbing a tray and heading upstairs. How fucking strange. So they're not allowed to obviously have a drink of mm. alcohol, but however it must be. But they have to kind of go through with the pretense of it. Yeah. Okay, the tray, it's by the way... It's a test exactly. for his cat-addled head. Exactly. The tray, by the way, contains... I can imagine becoming incredibly <laughs> fixated on the 15 minutes yeah. aspect. Mm, yeah. Like, when, oh, yeah. when unmanageably high. Like... <laughs> well, here he goes. <laughs> so the tray contains white wine, red wine, G&T, whiskey, rum and coke and some mineral waters. Um, always found that a weird mix. It's imagine so the Irish, president of like... Ireland seeing the rum and coke and going... <laughs> Cuba Libre Exactly uh, Right now I can hold it together When stimulated When the adrenaline and fear Is keeping me Just about ticking over I'm weird But with it Problem is My job is now To stand silent And motionless In a room On my own Until the president Of Ireland arrives Time <laughs> Passes on my own Empires crumble And glaciers dissolve Stars die And oceans melt out in the dusty plains of Mother Earth, hot bursts of young love gift the miracle of life. Children are born and raised, stricken, <laughs> infirm, die of old age. And then Mary McAleese walks in. By now, I've been alone with my thoughts for an entire crustacean period. I am no longer mildly weird, but deeply, extravagantly deranged. <laughs> As the, as the president of Ireland walks in with my boss's boss's boss boss, uh, my first impulse is to greet them like I own the place. <laughs> it would be rude, surely, not to acknowledge their presence. Out of order, even. Best thing to do, obviously, would you say, hello, guys, like it's my home and I live there in this big white room where I stand in the corner alone holding a tray of drinks, like you do at home. Me, hello, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is an image of someone's face melted. Anyway, by the divine grace of the infant Christ, uh, they somehow do not hear me say this and begin their itinerary <laughs> route around the room. I clench my entire head and focus on not shouting across the room to let them know they should always feel at home here in this room of ours. <laughs> I become extremely aware of my hands and how I haven't felt them in a very long time. They're detuned to static, which would be worrying if they weren't holding a tray of drinks filled with no noise and judgment. I hold no faith or creed other than do not drop these, please. Uh, just when... Hold on. Just when dropping everything seems to become less urgent, I realise it's time to go over there and offer these motherfuckers some drinks. Let's do this. Woo! <laughs> I begin walking over to them and I move so abruptly that the glasses clink and they turn to look at me. I did this too fast. Now I'm thinking, whoa, slow down there. <laughs> Martina Ingus. What is that? A tennis player? Never Martina Ingus. Uh, so I self-correct to a much slower speed, watching my breath Nice and casual. You got this, buddy. Guys, guys, now I'm moving far too slow. I started at the speed and I'm too embarrassed to change. And now it's going to take me like five minutes to cross this room. And they're watching me, frowning and sweating, traversing a five foot between us like it's a wooden plank on the crystal maze. <laughs> 
so I'm moving so slow. My legs are cramping. And I think they're wondering why it's taking me so long. It's way harder than walking at normal speed. I'm shaking so the drinks are making noise again for what feels like minutes. Anyway, I offer them drinks and they say no, obviously. Uh, do this another two times. How long was this presentation anyway? Is this what the president does all day? Give her a brochure and carry out for fuck's sake. And then they say no. By the end, I've calmed down. A bit in a, in in what does that say? Okay, he's calmed down. Swaking, shedding, shedding, <laughs> shaking, but he still feels completely batshit. At one point, I clearly remember believing that my mind had escaped my body and was watching me hold a tray of drinks from the wall space behind my head. Only out-of-body experience I've ever had. At the end, at the very end, they do accept a drink. It was at this point she spoke to me. Just some inane pleasantries to which I replied with some off-hook palm about work and college. At which point she says, oh, is that a northern accent I detect? Docs, as you know, I'm down for this Nordy solidarity vibe, but this is the last fucking thing I need right now. Yersh, I say with a goalkeeper's glove in my mouth. She starts talking about her experience coming down to study here and how it can be a real scenic change. She's a lovely woman, very open and generous with her time, giving me ample space to answer her questions, which I mostly do with sheepish one or two answers. Finally, she asked me if Dublin is everything I thought it would be. Me. Yes, I like it. I think it is good. <laughs> I've been playing such fierce I've been paying such fierce attention I'd mistimed my reply and badly modulated my volume. She actually recoiled a little and I think the head of the venue actually stepped back and said, Jesus <laughs> Mary McAleese flinched for what seemed like half a second and then fla- flashed her best your mum's sound mate smile, replaced her white wine on my tray. The boss nodded at me, they walked out of the room. And I waited a few seconds before making my way downstairs to the kitchen. So at this point, I'm thinking, well, I'm definitely fired. But this will one day make a great story on a Nazi riddled microblogging platform. (laughs) (laughs) I make my way to the staff area, wipe my sopping face and check my phone. I had only been in the room for 35 minutes. Dimna pads all in. She pads in all smiles, thanking me for my help at short notice. She sees that I'm a bit freaked and says almost without a wink, you could have told me you'd be like this, by the way. I'm thinking, of course, Dimpna gets what's up. It's a service industry. People mistime their vibes. <laughs> what does that mean? I bet this isn't the first time she'd seen some. And then she says, I had no idea you were such a fan of Mary McAleese. I'm sorry. <laughs> what again was that, did, that that you meant? The boss man had indeed related the evening, the events upstairs at Dimpna, but rather than frightened waif hept up on cat, cat tranks, he'd seen a political nerd deeply the starstruck by contact with the eighth president of the Irish Republic Mary McAleese so this goes on but bottom line is take ketamine at work it's great (laughs) sorry I'm sweating after that I feel like I've just read a fucking monologue for 45 minutes did you enjoy isn't it brilliant (laughs) that's brilliant very good give us your give us your backstory to this guy backstory is that uh, at shame as it ever was was is uh, basically the best person to follow on Twitter um, he has he does a good line in a thread oh. he has a few other good threads um, ah, geez, I'm gonna fucking tell this wrong now he's either one of six kids or one of 12 kids oh there's a lot I met him too there's loads there's of loads them. of them and his mum very sadly died when he was really young and the dad um, you know obviously continued to parent um, and 
he does he's got brilliant threads about his dad as well okay uh, he's got a whole host of brilliant threads he also so he's writing um he's writing a book i think that's coming out next year he also does a podcast he recorded an episode of musings ah really another podcast your mu- sorry musings your yes. podcast get out yeah. of town oh that's yeah. cool from his, did he read his own story coming soon um yeah he did and he it, did an what? essay about his it, he wrote an essay about his dad wow it was brilliant okay well thanks Seamus so his podcast is called the reducer pod I have a feeling it might be somewhat sports related and therefore my eyes glazed over and my ears um you know re- okay. rejected it but he is great he also um writes for the observer and the Irish times hmm. yes so okay. beyond just keeping a shit together on Cat, he's quite talented. Nice. Yes. Sophie, it's time for your... Okay, it's time to revisit the Canoe Man. Spell it. Like canoe is in like, your canoe. Like, like canoe. canoe. Okay. okay. So is not jogging Re- anyone's memories on. yet? Revisit. <laughs> no. Okay. I've n- Amazingly. No, you definitely know the top line of this story. All right, give but it to us. But whether or not anyone has taken the time to thoroughly research and write a small dissertation on it, or at least anyone in the room, or anyone listening. It's certainly not anyone in the room. Okay, so this is the story of John Darwin and his wife, Anne. Solid name. They're from Durham in North England. I think uh, you're going to offend yeah, to, many, uh, drop many the people. Accent? Fuck you, Jen. Um, <laughs> Unless you can keep it going throughout the whole shtick. Now, he had, I think, a pretty ho-hum initial few years. All right. He was a science and maths teacher for nearly 20 years. Then he moved to Barclays Bank. Then he became a prison officer in HM Prison Home House. Her Majesty's Prison. Interesting career for? progression. That's a career mm. path. Hmm. So he was kind of, I suppose he had side hustles mm-hmm. before side hustles were a thing. So he met his wife, Anne Stevenson. They married in the early 70s. They had kids. They did a whole host of quite regular, normal things. All right. Mm-hmm. Leading up to when we we meet them in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. So the, she was a doctor's receptionist. Now I know what it is. Yeah. Okay, not okay. to worry. Stick still with hasn't us. hit me yet. But like, okay, I wait. promise you still don't know some of the excellent details. Okay. okay, so she was a doctor's receptionist. They also ran a side hustle, renting bedsits in County Durham. They had 12 houses. Predictably, as was the time, 2002, they ran into colossal debt. Uh, you delivered that very cheerily. Oh, yeah. Colossal. Yeah. Colossal debt. Who isn't? Only kind of debt you want, yeah. friends. Um, so after they purchased two sea-facing houses in Seton Caru. For a pretty penny, no doubt. In December of 2000. Pretty penny. They were side by side, these houses. I've seen a picture of them. Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful houses, beautiful. yes. They're kind of like Victorian. They look like gingerbread houses. Yeah. Anyway, um, their debts, with their debts mounting to tens of thousands of pounds. I've also read another That's figure. Not 70,000 pounds. Not colossal. I'm Definitely a bigger not debt colossal than enough yes. for what happened next. Hang on a second. If you have a mortgage, you're in more debt than that. Yeah. Anyway, but, carry on. Is this, sorry, is this, debt is separate to... Sorry, I'm becoming too fixated on the amount. On the amount. Just keep going. But I kind of agree. Like, to be honest, okay, 70,000 pounds does not to me say... Die. Fake your own death. <gasps> oh, yes. 
Uh-huh. This, there must have been a TV show or something about this recently enough because I have her in my mind vividly. Vividly. Well, she... We'll get on to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've been prolific in their lives since this. So, you know, um, they'd still be out and about, you know. This is See it. the odd... Uh, she'd be on this morning with Holly and That's that it. man, that other she guy. She's an exact woman. Do you know when you're like, is it a teenage boy or is it a she middle-aged woman She could absolutely do the return to yeah. secondary school con. Okay, so... In March of 2002, right? So, you know, they're in their, like, 50s, grown-up sons, Mark and Anthony. Um, debts crowding in on them. Bankruptcy proceedings only days away. Okay. Uh. Which should have been a major red flag to the authorities. Mm-hmm. John Darwin decides that he needs to hit the road and shuffle off this mortal coil. John. John. What age is John now? I mean, he's old enough to know better. Okay. So. <laughs> and he chooses a canoe. Mm, it's a very, like, farcical exit. Okay. If you're going to go, I don't know. Now, I, I've done a lot of reading since. I actually read a whole book for this, which is a great crack. The Amazing. book's called um, Playing Dead. And it's by Elizabeth Greenwood. And it's a great read. Sorry, did you read a book about this? I read a book about faking your own death okay. generally. And uh, John Darwin was interviewed in the book. And okay. he's like one of the central interviews in the book. But actually, that I thought there was... That is a fantastic subject for a book. I know. And it's, it's a really good book. And uh, Greenwood, she's American. And she basically is in massive student debt, like all fucking Americans. Yeah. And uh, so she, the book started out with her wondering about faking her own death. Brilliant. And like she literally ends up in the Philippines, like, you know, looking into getting death certificate forged and everything. Oh, for God. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. And she meets loads of people along the way. And there's loads of stories of other people Did you leave committing. the book thinking... It's called pseudocide when you fake your own death. Did you leave the book thinking it's an achievable thing to do? Left the book thinking there's way too much paperwork involved. With right. It. No problem. Um, okay. So, right. It's early March 2002. Um, the Darwins have hatched their plan. Yes. March 2nd, there's a fair few phone calls, flurries of phone calls between the Darwin's home number and the medical centre where Anne works. Okay. Um, Apparently, in this one, um, in one call, John tells Anne, this is it. Pick me up later. So the... Okay. They've rec- someone has recorded these. Calls. No, no, no. This was um, Anne in her trial later. Okay. Does she turn against John? We're about to find mm. out. Oh, go on. So That's good. Anna's, he, Anna's kind of a. She's a very enigmatic character. Yeah. Because he seems like just a straight up narcissist. Yeah. She seems complex. Oh, like you cannot decide whether she's actually been victimized by him mm. or what exactly. So he finishes his night shift at the prison and he went home goes home to his house number three the cliff it sounds idyllic like don't die you've got a great life you've got a sea view well he's not going to die anyway yeah ultimately but wait till you hear what he swaps like his life for okay okay so basically at late afternoon he heads down to the beach very kind of like prominently Mm -hmm. heads down with his kayak very visual you can picture him kind of like waving around just like just going for a kayak Nothing so just a question Just off for a paddle He has He has sort of A, a history of kayaking Like this isn't just A bizarre little <laughs> Hobby that he's Taken up Just like taking it up So he's just diving. on his Daily kayak yeah. He's on his daily okay. kayak No I think he is uh, He had He is a kayaker So this Sorry. makes more sense Yeah because well, if I, mean, I was all of a sudden like, oh, yes, I died in a paragliding accident. It might ra- raise some eyebrows. No, yes. John, I think, did do a bit of kayaking. Didn't he? Okay. Did a bit of kayaking. Yeah. That's They're good scene setting. They're on the setting. sea, you know. It's 
yeah, it's a seaside activity. Yes. He wasn't taking the kayak to a multi-story parking lot. <laughs> Just going for a kayak. Uh, anyway, uh, darkness fell. Under the cover of darkness, John slips back to shore, meets Anne, who drives him to the railway station. So he She then calls his work a few times. Okay. John's not here. Faking yes. worry. Reports him missing at half nine that night. Right. He's on a train. She mm. had dropped She's him. She's blowing this popsicle stand. A huge search is then underway. Presumably involved tens and thousands of wasted taxpayers' How could money. You do that which with a always face? pisses a lot of people off. What? Oh yeah. Did but they you do know with the kayak. No, it leave? came it came washed up. It was John's body, wasn't it? That they never found the body of <laughs> the kayak, but the kayak so they found yeah. initially like a paddle mm. and then a couple of days later the like a battered up kayak which yeah. uh, people did remark was unusual as uh, the weather had been very calm so very calm do you think they did this. kind of an arch attack it literally is like I've seen pictures Blood of it it's like everywhere. holes gouged in it you know right, diamond from the Titanic oh yeah like, like they searched 160 kilometres of coastline they had like you know, police plane spotter. They had like army helicopters. They had the Coast Guard. It was huge. And the search went on for days before they eventually called it off. And uh, yeah, people were a little puzzled. A little puzzled about the state of the kayak. <laughs> and no sign of John. Meanwhile, how was she behaving? Well, obviously, like better actress than Bill Pullman in series two of The Sinner, which is a stupid callback to a podcast that it isn't even that's this nice, podcast. That's nice cross-referencing. Cross-referencing. Oh, listen that to, is from listen the to Mother last Pod. segment of Mother Pod. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she obviously must have been like an incredible actress, liar, compartmentalizer. I think you know when people compartmentalizing. jump feet first into such a huge scheme yeah I think you need to lie to yourself to a huge degree of course. you nearly need to you be need to fully in it and think that your husband's missing yeah. I don't know like I have looked and gazed at think pictures of Anne Darwin her and been like what? consoling her everybody calling around you'd need to be a to be honest, you need to be a total arsehole. To be honest, I'd say you also have possibly gone into some kind of state of shock. Mm. Like she probably was crying uncontrollably because she was like, fuck's sake, What's why saying? have I done this? Why yeah. am I going along with this? Am I wrong in saying, but wasn't the deal like she was not going to see John for a, a very long period of uh, time? No, he oh. literally laid low for like a month and came back. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yes. Right back to the cliff. But back the, home. the biggest, I think, thing is that they have two sons That's right, and they, they did never tell told them that the dad was alive. That's psychotic. Sorry. And that is psychotic. She, that is that is the thing that makes you think she is a dickhead. That makes me <laughs> think that she's really, really unwell. Well, how could both of them have decided that? <sighs> Just the level. Like watching they your that kid desperate? grieve. How much money are we talking about? Okay, so let's get into it because yeah. also that. I'm just like, seriously guys, for like yeah. a quarter of a mil? Okay, so... John, meanwhile, while all that shit's going down, John escaped to the Lake District and kind of like checked in regularly to see when he could return to mm-hmm. Seton Carew. And uh, like the Lake District isn't even that far. It's literally like us just going to Limerick oh, for, fuck's for a bit. I mean, obviously, it's a quite because Lake District is a bit more like, you know, rural and remote and stuff. But it's like not far away. An hour and a half's drive or something. Okay. Um, so 
What was your plan? After a few weeks. Now, they don't know exactly, exactly, but it's definitely no longer than a month. Anne drives to Cumbria and goes to collect him. Now, in the time since he was lost at sea, he's grown a beard. His disguise is like, grew a beard, wearing different clothes. (laughs) And now walks with a limp, quote unquote limp. I mean, what else? What do you expect? He can't exactly wear a mask. Wears different clothes. I mean, but obviously. Just try harder. Yeah. A little harder. We could have. Would have been better to grow in the beard before the disappearance and then do the Harrison Ford. You know the way in The Fugitive he's got like a big mouldy beard at yeah. the start and then he gets hot, shaves You're the beard off. You're actually right. They, it takes 15 years off him. Yeah. But then <laughs> there's not a lot you can do other than wear shit unless you scar your face or get into some kind of prosthetics. Oh yeah, be fun doing prosthetics. Like he could become day. a very old woman. I think a man could do that successfully. I definitely think that. Yes. That would have been a good idea. And definitely nobody's looking twice at like a six-year-old woman. L- older, mm-hmm. much older. Much older. Crunched over with a Zimmer frame. Anyway, she takes him back home and famously he moves in to the house. Home. He went home. Home. Right. Now, because they Where own the, the house boys? beside, they're grown up, you see. So okay. they're only like visiting every little while. Yeah. And so every time anybody visited the house, he'd scuttle through a secret doorway that led into the adjacent house. property. Right. And the secret doorway was I genuinely do in the this. back of a closet. Genius. Dad's in the closet. So he had the whole run of the house next door. Um, well, okay. Didn't they have lodgers? Also, can I just say that we know for a fact that he was back just a month, a month and a day after his supposed death because a month and a day after he died, he joined the Seton Carew Library. What? With his real name? <laughs> well, with the name John Jones. But I just feel like Jesus, just buy the book. Change your fucking first name. Just shell out for books. Like, stop... Joining a Joining library. Joining a library. You would think that's... A, yeah. Yeah. Or get Anne to check the books out for you. Weird. I know. So basically, he got a new name. So did he have Not a, a million miles away from his former name. Did yeah, he, like he, he was declared dead. Okay. Um, like, at the end of the search, they declared that he had died on that first day. Mm-hmm. Retroactively. Okay. Kind of. And yeah, they did the whole works. And uh, anyway, yeah, so he got this new name. He basically trolled around um, like... A graveyard. Scoured graveyards looking for a suitable identity to assume. And this is actually lifted straight out of a Frederick Forsyth novel, this ploy. And it's quite a common ploy, um, according to the Playing Dead book that I read. And so basically, read, you find a baby <laughs> that um, was born, like, close to the time you were born. Mm-hmm. And you steal Their name. a poor dead baby's Name and date of birth. Name and date of birth okay. and identity. And you you either forge their birth certificate, you get their birth certificate. There's a lot of paperwork, as right. we said. So he's John Jones. Still uses his old address. He's kind of lazy or is it dumb? I don't know. Well, he li- well, you know, he lives there. Yes. Even next door could have been. Even next door. Yeah. I mean, John is such a generic name. What a dope. Now, having said that, though, at the end of Playing Dead, Elizabeth Greenwood does recommend that you keep your first name because apparently a few oh, people who've done suicide have been rumbled because they forget what their new name is. Ah, uh, come but on. But also, come on, just keep it straight in your head. Yeah. Um, okay, so during the years that Darwin was presumed dead, he lived in the bedsit next door to the family home. 
then I mean he kind of seems to have kind of slightly fluctuated between actually living with Anne slash actually living next door and obviously anytime visitors came he would scurry back next door into the closet into the closet so the police were convinced by the display Anne put on when they broke the news to her that a body had washed up on the beach that was not John so like it's still chasing her around so much like she had to hysterically weep and wail that it w- she wished it was him because then she would be able to grieve properly and reach some closure oh for god's sake now Meanwhile, let's talk money let's talk what actual cash they even got right right so she got the death certificate claimed his 25 grand life insurance policy his 25 grand pension from his teaching job his 58 grand pension from his prison job four grand in a kind of state pension. Would that clear any of their debts? Yeah, just about. And then a hundred and thirty seven grand from a mortgage insurance policy. Okay. So the total was two hundred forty nine thousand. Okay. Which is yeah, but like For fuck's sake. It's just okay though. It's only just okay. Forever. Unless he comes back. Can you come back from the debt and do you have to surely, repay these things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, like, the so all of those things are answered. Okay. Okay. So the, the thing I think is that like he's trading like yeah you get just under a quarter of a mil which basically in Dublin gets you absolutely fuck all now anyway. Yeah. Hardly an apartment. Yeah. yeah. And his life is so crap. But then I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, maybe his life is actually just every kind of deeply kind of put upon married man's fantasy. Kind of my fucking he fantasy at the moment. He basically is next door. Yeah. Yeah. He's next door. Absolutely bet into this like second lifestyle video game called Asheron's Call. He's just gaming next He's door. He's just gaming, like wall-to-wall gaming now. Doesn't have to deal Doesn't with Doesn't have a job. No Doesn't jobs. have to deal with people. Amazing. Okay, so it's an interactive fantasy game and players have money, they can buy and sell property, they can cast spells on each other. John was a druid. <laughs> if this is how he's discovered, this is, this is phenomenal. It's not even at all how he's discovered, despite the fact that on Asheron's call, he met and befriended Kelly Steele who was described by one article I read as a thrice married divorcee. Gorgeous. Living in Kansas City, um, they struck up a friendship mm. slash whatever by email. Um, he communicated with her by email and then by internet telephone. Jealously, what's internet telephone? A Skype, I guess. Oh, <laughs> well, actually, I think on those kind of interactive games, you can oh, talk a as headset. well on headsets. Yeah, that's right. So he used to like keep his conversations from Anne, the wife, wearing his little headphones and being like, "Yeah, so, I'm a druid and I'm talking to my Asheron's girl." So John just has an affair. Yes. Fucking hell, John. Yes. After he, everything, also. Transferred money. Here's where you're just like, no, John. He transferred money to thrice divorced Ms. Steele and then using a passport in the name of John Jones, flew to Kansas. To meet her. To connect. This is where I would fuck IRL. John what? if I was Anne yeah, under the bus. I yeah. let him get on a Telling plane. Anne I need a break. Love. From what? Oh, yes. yes. Gaming. So... He definitely gave her a fuck ton of money because she seems to have bought a derelict 10 acre farm in the city south of Kansas on John's behalf. 
However, unsurprisingly, but so, so satisfyingly, that relationship soon soured. <laughs> Anne later said he slunk back to Seton Carew. He'd lost 30 grand on the bloody half-baked venture. This pair are fucking idiots. And was once more cooped up in the bedsit at number four at the cliff. And like, if you're Anne, surely at this point you've got to be thinking, like, he's fucking dead already. What? I could fucking kill him. Like, You're oh, totally dark, right, Sophie. Sophie. But clearly, would you yeah, not be just double like... double jeopardy. Yeah, you can't get me. It's already dead. I'm that just finishing the job. Absolutely amazing. I'm just verifying that death certificate. Now that Jeez. is a very good plot that you've just given away. She for did what not could be. do that though. But yes, it would have been an amazing. Great yeah. fiction novel. Fuck's sake. Bit of fanfic for the Darwins. <laughs> hey, I rewrote your life story where instead Anne just poisons you, John. So what really happened? So what really happened? Yeah. So he's back in the bedsit. I mean, really, like, he's completely fucked himself. Because, like, okay, admittedly he owns the bedsit, but bedsits are pretty depressing. Like, Yeah, I mean, he's not dead, but he's not living. No, it's no life, like. <laughs> and he's obviously uh, clearly a risk taker. I don't know. I can, I can just so picture him, like, just kind of, like, haunting the Daily Mail comments section. Just, like, him. lashing out at people and just like yeah. fuck you nah. troll he's a living a troll complete living yeah. troll he yeah, but like having said that now he does that uh, like he gets out and about in the okay. colder months he used to go down to the beach alright where he'd be all wrapped up and he'd be kind of fine but safer did he take the kayak out again do you know he? what though he was also kind of spotted loads of times oh for f- <laughs> of course because he was, went home an old Everyone colleague recognised him out and about and Anne was just like oh that's John's cousin very alike, very alike. At some point, have you later noticed the limp that year, though? I'm see, and he's wearing different clothes. It's the only way we could tell them apart. <laughs> it's the key. So, at some point later that year, a tenant uh, of the block of bedsit flats that the Darwins owned. It's the different block. It's okay. not the one he's living in, but it is one that they owned. His name is Lee Waldrop. Recognized Darwin and asked him, "Aren't you supposed to be dead?" <laughs> To which Darren replied, don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> oh my God. In other words, confirming it. Totally confirming it. Waldrop Wal- actually didn't tell anyone about it though. Nice. Did later tell police when questioned, he didn't want to get involved. Well, who does? I suppose it's your landlord. Yeah, obviously. Dead or alive. It's too strange He's and mental. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't tell anyone about this. Scuttles away back, back to the bedsit, back into the closet, on. back to Ashran's call. <laughs> And some sexting. Oh <laughs> internet, my what is el- internet telephoning and internet sexting. telephone call. Um, in the next couple of years, right, um, John and Anne start scoping out uh, relocation ideas. Funny. What's really amazing is they really got around. Like, they're flying to Spain, they're flying to Gibraltar. They, exactly, I was going to say, I remember seeing something about them going to Gibraltar, like the t- a tax haven. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They look into Cyprus. Um, they finally they look at boats. They basically are Together. like, let's yes, let's hit the high seas. Like it's so funny because it's basically kind of Patricia Highsmith plot levels. Like it's like the talented Mr. Ripley, but John's Shite. not very talented. Like Aldi, yeah, version, <laughs> yeah, like the very untalented Mr. Ripley. Um, different clothes. Limp. Oh, but you see, I have, have different clothes. Wait till I show you my limp. Ready? Go. <laughs> see that? Complete transformation. Transformed. Um, so they eventually settle on Panama. 
they go out there. I just love that they just are heading off like that's mm. what I just think's even more Ask amazing. Husband and if you wife. just picture like sitting just the way like airports, it's a lot of security. You're, you know, there's you're CCTV actually being, everywhere. There's CCTV everywhere. You're encountering people who are like observing your face and really looking How at you, checking out your identity. And they're just like happy out going this well, look, way and John that. John had enough cop on to do the paper to get himself a passport of a dead baby. Yeah, like I so think he, he has, has all passport. the kind of level of cop for the paperwork. Right, but none then of the afterthought. But then at the same time, when you look at them, they are the most mundane looking people. Like they are middle aged, northern and English couple. Socks and sandals, fanny pack wearing tourists. Like yeah. you would see. Totally. You've probably seen them hundreds of times. Yeah, except for the limp and the different clothes. <laughs> so they're in Panama where, and they're like, yeah, Panama's going to be our new oh. haven. It's where we're going to relocate. They go and meet what with an the agency. Get, well, yeah. I mean, the boys are along doing all their bits and bobs, getting married, so, having families so kind of thing. Hang on. They're like, oh, they mum's just think going dad's to dead. Ca- and they think that mum's thinking of moving to Cyprus. Right. Okay. So Alone. anyone whose parent has like suddenly expressed an interest in a kind of an obvious tax haven, getaway style, tropical place. It's time to investigate. It's time to investigate. Anyway, they they go, they meet with an agency that's literally called... Fake your death and move to Panama. No, it's called move to Panama. But it could have fake your death in brackets ahead of it. Because it definitely is a very like, I'm running from my life or yeah. I'm fleeing the law kind of place. Central America, you kind of picture it, yeah. isn't it? I'm mm-hmm. going down south. Down to disappear. Central America way to disappear. Yeah. Much like Hannibal Lecter. Um, fictional person though. Um, so anyway, this is actually what led to their real downfall. Um, the agent that they were meeting with uh, took a picture of them in the office and That's he right. later posted it on his company website. Now, shall Happy couple invested in our business. Yeah. Now, they do look like they're a little bit uh, uneasy with the picture they're in. So sure. maybe they have a, sli- a tiny bit of common sense. And come on. As if you wouldn't be like, don't. Just no. don't take our pick. And do you know what? Don't use it on Facebook. I know. Yeah, please don't put me on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't tag me. Yeah. Don't tag me. But you know I what want I mean. final say on all pictures that I'm tagged in. But why would you allow that to happen? Anyway, shelved that piece of information because it didn't go straight up on the company website. It was a little bit later that he posted it. But it got out there. So that same year. Okay, and this is even brilliant, right? Because this is John Darwin. Like, yes, being smart enough to get a passport and, you know, navigate endless international airports and stuff like that. However, the same man who's been pretending to be dead now for quite some time, is reported to have signed a planning objection to a neighbour's building work. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the pettiness. It's just brilliant. Imagine being them being the things you're concerned about from the grave. (laughs) I'm back from the dead to object to you putting a... A light filled extension. A light filled extension. (laughs) (laughs) I've got some neighbours. I know some neighbours who objected to people making a lip in front of their driveway. What's a lip? You know, just a lip in the path so that their like bumper of their car wasn't getting trashed every time they pulled into their house. And all the neighbours were like, oh no. Wow. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, that shit gets so petty. Yeah. So in a way, maybe it's actually you can totally believe that he would compromise his entire scheme (laughs) just to object to the feckin' 
Life filled extensions. He's spending so much of his time in number four, the cliff, that he probably doesn't want extra shadows appearing <laughs> in his face. What little natural light I have in here. Exactly. As a druid, I need my natural light. Okay, so now we're in 2007. So he has been, quote unquote, dead for six, for five years. Excuse me, five years. They finalized the Panama plan. They transferred the deeds of their family home to their son, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, they set up a company. Like, they set up a company in El Dorado in order to buy a two-bedroom apartment for 50K. The paperwork is, it is quite fascinating. They then sold their family home, went to Panama, and had Mark, the son, transfer the money to Panama. So he thinks he's just transferring it to mom, who's gone to Panama. Okay. okay. Which definitely, I presume the kids, the two sons are probably having kind of like weird phone conversations where they're like, maybe it's the menopause. Yeah, obviously. Like they can't, they probably can't figure think, out why mom's acting so weird. Somebody? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're yeah. like, okay, she's either having the change of life or she's met somebody on Plenty of Fish. Yeah. Or else, what are you doing, mom? Why are you moving to Panama? Come stay and enjoy your grandkids. Yeah. They're literally like starting families and like all that shit around this time. So, they also then in May, with the proceeds of their house sale, purchase a 200 grand tropical estate near the Panama Canal. Oh. It's actually truly fascinating that they really did push all this stuff through. Amazing. Isn't it? Well, I, I, yeah, it is fucking amazing. I bought one house recently and it was fucking <laughs> painful. Yes, and and like, I would rather you fake my own death. But could you have coped with faking your death no. and buying a house at the no. same time? It's like, I didn't cope with so that much. a tropical estate. Oh, yeah. So much bureaucracy. And buying a home abroad. abroad. We all know. Very st- no, we all know. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> we all know. Very stressful. We've watched... We've what watched is that English house show where they like they all want to go home away from home they all like the home in the uh, home yeah, in the sun. sun yeah and they're all like and the builder can't understand a word Jeff's free oh, saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just all the locals are just like you're trashing our yeah, fucking exactly. land exactly um, okay so anyway so uh he says that the intention was that they were going to build a hotel in that tropical estate and offer canoeing holidays. Oh. Oh. It's like coming see what you did there, Joel. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> yeah. Although in his interview in Playing Dead, he actually clears that up and says the canoe rental aspect was fabricated by the media for the sheer lols. <laughs> John said that. Yes. So he was snared by this. Okay, so the snaring is, is imminent. So they visited Panama again in July and they stayed for six weeks, okay. right, in 2007. But okay. like the um, the net is actually starting to close on them because in September, a police investigation actually rumbled to life when a colleague of Anne's became suspicious overhearing a phone conversation between the couple. Her and John. So yeah. she became suspicious because Anne was speaking to John, to John on, the phone, on the phone. Who was dead. But like, would you I not presume she was Hopefully, like making it like not calling him John <laughs> or well, no. referencing the fact that he's fake dead. But his name is John. He didn't bother to change it. <laughs> but even like, even if it's just your husband, I feel like you have a really specific voice when you talk yeah, to another I, half totally on the right. phone. Yeah, you would know. Like it's a kind of a, it's like a barely restrained irritation. Yeah, totally. It's so identifiable. Yeah. But anyway, so they did, they had started to be suspicious. And so then that's when the family home was sold and they basically headed out, hit the road, which is, you know, good timing. Like, and all could have really worked out, actually. They just fucking actually done it and like stayed gone. So first in November, 
The police have just started kind of sniffing around in September. In November, they had a little holiday in Costa Rica. Then headed back to Panama because they're so stressed. Yeah. But like, well, yeah, they fucking probably are stressed. You know, when it's you're so stressed after a holiday, you need like a holiday after well, the holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right. So they go to Panama, okay? And this is where you're just like, come on, John. He gets Anne to buy him a plane ticket back to England because he was missing his sons. It's only occurring to him now, now is it? Like, but like, but how is he also dead. only just missing them? Like, it's been five years. Like, and what's he even going to do when he goes back? Like, beyond just literally creepily watching them from afar. Exactly. Oh, so he's not even intending to tell them. He just wants to. I don't them. think so. Anyway, here is where Fate stepped him. in to totally screw them. While John was gone, Panama changed its visa laws, <gasps> and. They, noti- they were notified that their identities would have to be verified by UK police in order for them to receive the now required Panamanian investors visa. To get back in or to continue the business? Well, like to just continue their general ship. But like Anne's there in Panama. John's in England. Miss, like, you know, trying to like, just I don't know. Gone, what, what's he doing? Is he like peering through bushes this is at Anne's, the end of the sun's ch- chance. This was Anne's chance. Stay gone. Fuck John. Stay gone. Fuck John. It rhymes. It has to be a solid yeah. plan. Okay, so they're totally screwed. Like, and and now on opposite sides of the world as well. So John's genius plan that he comes up with is to walk into a police station in London and say, I think I'm a missing person. Oh, he's doing that. I've lost Fucking my mind. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fast ass turnaround, by the way. Like mm. it's the first of December. But I mean, this this is they've only just come. He's just like he's only just arrived back. Anyway, I watched the BBC news item yeah. that reported his discovery, which was uh, totally brilliantly. You know the kind of dramatic irony when you're watching like very solemn newscaster and you're like ha ha ha. He's been hiding in a bed, sit talking on the internet for six years. Anyway. So they were, and what's his story? Of what he's been doing for six years? They're like he's uh, he's got amnesia. Yeah, he doesn't remember anything from his time of being missing. But obviously, Come that on. would just be so quickly Rumbled. sorted out. Exactly. Um. Anyway, but you know what? I didn't realize until um watching this report was that his dad is still alive. Mm. He's not only torturing his two sons, but he's torturing a ninety-year-old man for some shite hotel in Panama. Well, yeah, and previous to that for some thrice-divorced woman in her early 40s in Kansas. Yeah. And a shitty bedsit. And being a druid on the internet. His sons should kill him. And (laughs) should have when she had the opportunity. But there is actually like a bit of absolute kind of like poetic irony in that news report. They're interviewing the dad um, after John has been miraculously found. And the dad's talking about, obviously, like his son was kind of criticized for going off kayaking alone, possibly not having taken safety precautions of the kayaking escapade. And the father says, I knew John wouldn't do something stupid like that. He's always been a sensible sort. And you're just like, wow, just wait. And they literally didn't even have to wait a week. That jig was up. Like, Jig was the fuck up immediately. I mean, of course, because I'm sure the question was just, so, John, what have you done for six years? Can't remember. Can't don't remember. know. Don't, don't know. know. Don't know. Might be yeah. on the internet. They were like, oh, well, okay. So we'll just 
take your wallet, take your receipts. <laughs> They're like, so we've just where, you, where do you live? On the computer. Yeah. It says that you've been on here for six years. Oh, you've just been tagged Casting on Facebook. Spells. Uh, looks, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Anne? Yeah. And Anne from Panama says, I'm delighted he's found alive. And um, oh, now even <laughs> in that interview, she was like, oop. Hope I don't have to pay back the insurance money. Oh. <laughs> so within a week, they are completely rumbled. Darwin's cover story unraveled. So this is actually quite a brilliant one, right? So the Daily Mirror published that photo of John and Anne taken in the agency in Panama. And um, the photograph was discovered by a member of the public, a reader. All the reader had to do was search the words John, Anne and Panama. And there it was. And there it was, popped up. Amazing. Google image search. Class. So John was arrested on the 5th of December, which is obviously like the fifth day of his miraculous, you know, rediscovery. Um, Anne was arrested the moment her plane touched down in England. And uh, yeah. So the funny thing is, as uh, in Playing Dead, the book, um, uh, the author talks about how faking your own death isn't strictly illegal. It's all the extraneous shit you do that'll get you caught. Interesting. Yeah. So like wasting police time. Obtaining false identification. Stealing a cadaver. <laughs> um, yep. Okay. No, no. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so Greenwood said that in places like the Philippines where she goes to get her uh, her legal death certificate, there is a full-on black market in corpses. <gasps> wow. wow. Ah, but equally, one of her interviewees also advises that any given morgue in the U.S., will likely have a number of unclaimed corpses that you could just go in and ID as your like old dead uncle and walk out with a brand new, not exactly fresh, dead body. Why the fuck did they not do that? And they're only dying to be rid of them. If you'll Wait, pardon hold the pun. On. So I don't get this. <laughs> We're gonna need to, so you need to get someone else to identify a corpse as you. You can do that. Yeah. Or you can go and like, procure a corpse take it home with you and you can have lots of like weekend at er Ernie's kind of fun with it and then you can fake your death leaving behind a body which is obviously way more watertight than most of the people who do the suicide there's no body and so that's pretty you'd have to leave behind a charred no teeth remain totally easily totally they will frame your enemy for your your moida Okay. You got really dark here. Sorry, I do think that you've missed um, probably the best detail of this story is the Or maybe headline. I've shaped it slightly differently. Okay, now go the on. The headline. Yeah. If you save this, when the mirror published that picture. Go on. Canoes this in Panama. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Things got really punny. <laughs> nice. Like, um... They changed the welcome to um, Seaton Carew to Seaton Canoe. Nice. Uh, and then somebody like vandalized the sign and um, put up twinned with Panama. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also like a bar, a restaurant, a couple of places that like are uh, have their names uh, allude to the case. So there's so, like the Darwin Lounge now so down on. in Seaton Carew. Where really he... put Seaton Carew on the map. I mean, right. But, yeah. what, but what what became of him? Okay, so um, they had a fuck ton of fraud charges. Obvi. Mm-hmm. And so John sentenced to six years and three months uh, in South Yorkshire. Anne sentenced to six years and six months. What? Yeah. Why? Yeah, in York. 
What did she do? So in a real oh. piss take, John actually got out of prison two months before Anne. But they were both freed in 2011. So neither even served their full six okay. years. All right. Uh, John wanted to rekindle. <laughs> and Anne presumably was like, you ruined our fucking lives. Um, <laughs> so in 2013, John's still up to his own tricks. Uh, arrested coming back from meeting an internet friend um, in the Ukraine. Uh, which was a oh. breach of his parole. Oh, another and friend. So what about all the fucking money? So, as of 2014, John had paid back £122 of the £679,000 that he owes from life insurance payouts and had already repaid more than 500000 under wow. what's called a proceeds of crime order, um, which we'll get to. It's her book. It's a book. They both wrote book, wrote books, obviously. So all their actual, you know, repaying was cleared by 2015. Mark and Anthony, the sons, understandably distanced themselves from yeah. their batshit parents. Naturally. So what happened to John, known forevermore as Canoe Man, uh, wrote a book. Uh, the Canoe Man, colon, Panaman back. Which I think was lazy. He definitely... I love it. He definitely could have done more with that title. Anne's title is brilliant. Anne's title is brilliant. Even play, Playing Dead by Elizabeth Greenwood. Great. He should have tried that. I suppose she had it. Um, anyway. I'm not dead, aren't I? What about that? Is that Anne's title? No, no. no, no that's no, what no, John no. could have gone with. Okay. So also, now the latest news on John that I could find was uh, last year... Um, canoe fraudster John Darwin's new wife has made fun of the UK free benefits culture it's <laughs> very kind of John Darwin kind of end to these things so John now is pretty much permanently living in the Philippines and he uh, married a woman nearly half his age well no there's a good 25 years between them Mercy May Oh, poor Mercy. Um, so Mercy, in a post to her Google Plus account, shared a smiley thumbs up snap of herself posing with, this was ill-judged Mercy, with a fake British passport and revealed she can't wait to move here. She described the UK as the land of free benefits, housing, school and doctors in the caption. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. So the full post read, yes, got it. Who said I was banned? UK, land of the free, free benefits, housing, school and doctors. Can't wait to move with all the family, lol. Brilliant. <laughs> yes. Um, so people were outraged. Obviously, that was like an article from The Sun. So, you know, they were like really disgusted. And what became of Anne? So, what became of Anne? Forever now known as Canoe Widow. Is that the name of her book? seems a little sexist no, if you ask no, me. No, no. Okay, book. her book is called... Out of My Death. Brilliant. Brilliant. Tasteful. And the cover is Let's see. Is like a is like a almost transparent image of Anne over some water and a canoe coming Would she in not? from the top. Like right here. Corner. Like the canoe her. is haunting her. The hack of her in that fucking photo. <laughs> like if you knew you were t- having a photo taken of yourself. You're, you're getting br- the cover of your book shot. You just brush yeah, your no, hair. Hold on, hold on. You can see from the little the, the little kind of thumbnail on the back that they actually took her down to the shoreline to take that photo. Oh, sorry. So she so was So presumably there is some sea set um, wind and there's some 
PTSD going on. There. Nice, nice. Yeah. Just like it. Smattering. Mm-hmm. A, just a smattering. Sprinkling of PTSD. Sprinkling. So the book is a mea culpa. Also a bid to repay the cost of the fraud. And did it? Yeah. Wow. So I think that's what the, um, that thing, sorry, what was it called again? The proceeds of crime order. You know the way it's illegal to make money off your crimes. Okay, but I think I this is I think this is like a loophole where if you're you know if your proceeds from that are going to pay off whatever then you can. yeah then it's okay but like I presume the money is immediately like completely funneled away did from you did she break even um, <laughs> how did it sell I don't I don't know how it sold now in her trial she tried to plead like not guilty and to abetting and all this kind of stuff and um, they used a marriage coercion defense. So, like, with talking about Anne, I suppose we have to kind of touch on, like, was she a victim of this mad, narcissistic sociopath, John? Uh, uh, Like, the amount of shit she put up with. Like, when he went to Kansas and blew 30 grand on some random one from the internet. She's consoling her bereft sons. She's a mad woman. Okay, she's a... Yeah, okay, she is, she is. Like, there's no... There's no way around that. No matter how much of a dickhead John was, which I'm sure he was. Well, they tried to argue, and she definitely argues in her book, that it was pretty much not until she was released from prison that she got it together enough and, like, she had kind of rebuilt her identity enough to tell John to fuck off. Yeah. Incidentally, in prison, she, like, was housed with Rose West. Wow. I know, Hidge. Um, so, so this is so harsh. Like the boys really hated her. Wow. So Anthony said in an interview, dad told one nasty lie and disappeared, but she lied for six years. Well, yeah, I guess she, she was kept there on with lying. Them. Even when the evidence was so overwhelmingly against her, she dragged us through hell by forcing a court case. Her maternal instincts didn't kick in for even a second. And they went on to testify against her in court which was obviously a hideous experience for Anne, whether she deserved it or not. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Sad. But she's actually mended her relationship somewhat with the sons. Oh, good. And she has, like, definitely by the sounds of it, way more of a kind of a traditional life. She lives in a nice little apartment. Inside town. But, like, she, she gave celebrated a good story. her 63rd birthday. The kids actually attended. Or, wait, they didn't attend, it. they gave her a ring. They gave her a ring on the day to say okay. happy birthday. On the internet telephone. On it? the internet telephone. <laughs> Fantastic. But they were wearing different clothes. Sensational. Thank you, so. Okay, that's it. That was, that, was a, that was a weighty one. Jesus, there's a lot in that. Like, I'm sweating. There's a lot in that. I hope I, like, got it all. I think that there is, like, there's just... It's all in the smaller details of that one. Like, I love the... Um, you know, objecting to the planning permission. Yeah, <laughs> that for me, I think, is, is the real... There's so many points where he should have been discovered. I can't believe it took going to Panama and a change in their legislation for it to come out. Aren't you supposed to be dead? <laughs> Don't, Don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Should I give a little shout out to Playing Dead by Elizabeth Greenwood? It's actually She'd a class it. read. Really enjoyed it. Also got lots of info from the Northern Echo. Uh-huh. The Guardian. A little bit from Wikipedia. Cass, have you got a shout-out from your story that mine, you'd like to... Uh, mine was 
the Business Insider distractify the original post from Tiffany and um, Reddit. Brilliant. And follow at Seamus that ever was on Twitter. Seamus it ever was. Seamus Sorry. it ever was. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. I really Absolutely feel brilliant. like um, your task, your homework for next, next week is to get uh, Mary McLeese's side of that story. Oh, how interesting. Leave it with me. <laughs> Jen no O-D-W-Y-E-R to the rescue. Where we say follow all the creep dive goings on on Tall Tales. Tall Tales podcasts on Instagram. And you can, um, yeah, get this wherever you get your podcasts and get all our other Tall Tales podcasts, including the cross-referenced Mother of Pot. Ah, yay. See you next week. When we slip our hand into a different pocket of the internet. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.